0: Now, the people of God had more regard for their way of doing things than God's way of doing things. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembrick.
1: I'm Janice. And
0: this is Bible Discovery TV, taking you through the Bible in one year. We're in the last part of Jeremiah and we are studying Jeremiah chapter 35, and this is fascinating today. So stick around, it's gonna be a good one. Corey and Ryan are here, Cory.
2: I'm gonna be taking a look at some of the people who are closely associated with Jeremiah in the scriptures. Ryan?
3: I'm dealing with a little bit of a conundrum today because God declares in Jeremiah 36 that King Jehoiakim would have no successor, but Kings and Chronicles record that his son did indeed succeed him. So how can this be reconciled?
0: All right, very good. Janice, what would you study
1: today? Well, I'd like to talk about our witness as followers of Jesus Christ.
0: All right, take your Bible guide out, take your Bible out, most important book of all. Let's open up and let's learn what Jesus Christ says to us.
1: Jeremiah 35, verses 12 through 19. Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Will you not receive instruction to obey my words? says the Lord. The words of Jonadab the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine, are performed. For to this day they drink none and obey their father's commandment. But although I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, you did not obey me. I have also sent to you all my servants the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Turn now everyone from his evil way, amend your doings, and do not go after other gods to serve them, Then you will dwell in the land which I have given you and your fathers. But you have not inclined your ear nor obeyed me. Surely the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them, but this people has not obeyed me. Therefore thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring on Judah... And all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all the doom that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them, but they have not heard, and I have called to them, but they have not answered. And Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father and kept all his precepts and done according to all that he commanded you. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall not lack a man to stand before me forever. Jeremiah chapter 35 verses 12 through 19.
0: Well, today we read Jeremiah 35, Jeremiah 36, and Jeremiah 37, three chapters as we continue going through the Word of God. Very interesting. In fact, human beings are very interesting creatures. It's true, so often our desire is for the best of everything to maximize our enjoyment, while we avoid anything negative that could ruin our plans of fun. You know, it's even common to try and make deals with God to gain the best for our lives making deals with God. But what is the best thing for our lives? Is it feeling good all the time and never having any troubles or never having any challenges? Interesting, isn't it? God speaks to the people of Judah and Jerusalem, asking why they had refused to listen and obey his instructions. They had let their feelings dictate to them who God was, all the while disregarding his actual words and warning. Sound familiar? Well, through Jeremiah, God uses the obedient Rechabites as an example to the disobedient Judah. God points out that the Rechabites refused to drink wine because of a covenant they had made with their forefather Rechab, a man. Yet Judah did not uphold or obey the covenant with him, God. Almighty God, as God had spoken, Judah would receive the impending doom while the house of the Rechabites would be blessed before God forever. Let let me tell you something. This actually is true. And as we read the word of God, we're going to come upon verses that sound very close to what we're going through in our lives right now. And none of it it, uh, is uh, what we want to hear, but Some of it is good news and some of it is not good news. You know, and I just need to point out that that we chose to remove prayer from the schools back in the early 60s when I was born. I'm telling you, we are bearing consequences for that today. Now, as we study, do what God says. Did God say, well, the first thing I want you to do is remove prayer from the schools? Is that what God said? Jeremiah 35, 12 to 19, because we've studied the other part in the last three years. And I pray that we would hear God. Father, I I pray today that as we study this passage, you would teach us your ways and show us your paths. And that may not be easy for some of us. But help us, Lord, as we choose to follow you, or there be people who who don't choose to follow you. Whatever the case, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, we're going to read from your word that you would speak your word to us and that we would hear it in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all said together, amen and amen. Now take your Bible guide, turn to today's page. If you don't have one, we'll send you one. Call us or write us or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com and you can give there. Thank you for your giving. Very important today. And you can download the PDF file, just exactly how we have it printed. Very interesting. Now, Jeremiah 35, verse 12. This is fascinating. Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jeremiah speaking, go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Will you not receive instruction to obey my words, says the Lord. The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink the wine are performed for to this day, they drink none and obey their father's commandment. But although I have spoken to you rising early and speaking, you did not obey me. Fascinating. You see, beloved God's people had more regard for their own ways, their own ways then for his. We must listen to Jesus Christ to know his word and apply it in our lives today. And that's the truth about this program. And that's the truth about what we're doing. We read through the Bible. I read the scripture again after it's read once so twice you'll hear this scripture. The second time we read it, we explain it, try to help us understand it. That's a pattern that was set forward in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. And beloved, we need to do that today because God has called us to explain his word as we go through it. That's why we do it. It's very, very important. And so we need to understand that. Now let's go to one verse here. This is interesting. It says, verse 15, I have also sent to you all my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Sending them, saying, Turn now everyone from his evil way, amend your doings, and do not go after other gods to serve them. Then you will dwell in the land which I have given you and your fathers. But you have not inclined your ear nor obeyed me, God says. Number two, although God had spoken to his people many times, They chose to ignore him. We need to develop a regular reading time for God's word in our lives. Beloved, how many times does God have to say it? Sin is a problem. When we come to know Jesus Christ, God has laid out the pattern of life in his word, which we haven't read. We need to read his word and understand we get married. Then we have sex. You know, we don't have sex and then with four or five people and decide which one we want. I'm telling you, that's the truth. And as we stay with understanding God's principles in our lives, you know, we get mad at people, but we learn that we must love our enemy. And then we back down our thoughts and understand that it'll only bring out the humanness in us. You see, beloved, these are patterns which God has given us in his word. We need to stick to that. Now, let's go on because we're running out of time. Jeremiah 35, 16 to 19. Surely the sons of Jonadab, the sons of Rechab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them, but this people has not obeyed me. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring on Judah and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all the doom that I have pronounced against them because I have spoken to them, but they have not heard me. Oh my goodness. And have I, and I have called them, called to them, but they have not answered. And Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab, your father and kept all of his precepts and done according to all that he commanded you. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall not lack a man to stand before me forever the lord says that our sin is rebellion bottom line our sin is rebellion true christians know the word of god they listen to the lord carefully we don't have we we, we can be forgiven of our sin if we come to the lord and say jesus christ I believe you died on the cross, gave your life, paid the cost of sin, and rose again miraculously after three days. Come into my life and be the Lord of my life. I need you to forgive my sin today. Hi, Rod Hember here. We go through the Bible every year from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Now you can join us and watch at the time you like by searching Bible Discovery TV on the Roku box or on Amazon Fire TV. Anytime you want to watch us, we're there. Get a hold of it. Watch us anytime you want to.
2: Today, I'm gonna to be taking a look at Jeremiah chapter 36. Now, this is a very, very dramatic chapter in the book of Jeremiah. And it's you know a privilege that we get to, to read this kind of first and second person accounts. you know, And that's just on account of the fact that Jeremiah himself is recording this. So of course, Jeremiah gets a prophecy from God. He writes it down on a scroll. He's supposed to go read it in the temple, but he has a problem. He himself is restricted from going into the temple. So instead, he sends his scribe, the man who is tasked with physically writing down the words, uh, and his name is given to us Baruch. This is not the only time that Baruch uh, features prominently in the book of Jeremiah, but it definitely is uh, a shining moment for him because it would have been quite terrifying to walk in to the temple, to the king and all these officials, and read this damning prophecy. And of course, it doesn't go very well, but Baruch does escape with his life. Let's take a look at this man, Baruch, and what we can learn about him and some of his other associates. A series of bullae, which are small, ancient clay impressions of signet seals, began to appear on the antiquities market in the 1970s. After a few years of buying, selling, and comparing, it became clear that these hundreds of bullae were from the same archive that dated to the end of the 7th century BC and beginning of the 6th, right during Jeremiah's life as a prophet. This time period is actually best characterized by its ending, the destruction of Jerusalem by Babylon in 586 BC. The seals in the archive belonged mostly to high-ranking royal court officials, and the clay was fired unevenly, most likely by an ancient fiery destruction of the building the seals were in. These factors led many to deduce that the archive was originally in Jerusalem itself, or at the very least, in an important administrative city of Judah. The archive then would have been destroyed by the Babylonian invasion the fire, consuming the papyrus documents and strings to which the bullae were attached, baking and preserving the clay in the process. Some of the royal officials represented are the governor of the city, probably the city of Jerusalem, the overseer of the house, who was the highest official next to the king, and various servants of the king, which actually means high-ranking officers. There are three seals represented that stand out as extraordinary. The first one may have belonged to a man from the Bible's pages. That man is Shama. In Jeremiah 36, he attempted to help Jeremiah escape the king's wrath. The Bible calls him a scribe. The bulla has the title Servant of the King. The second seal we can conclusively state was the seal of a man featured in the Bible. King Jehoiakim's son, Jeremiel, who was sent to arrest Jeremiah and Baruch. The final seal convincingly identified is the most amazing. The seal of Baruch, scribe, friend of Jeremiah, and original copier of the book of Jeremiah. So there we go. It's always amazing when uh, an artifact is found that has a personal connection to someone who is featured prominently in the scriptures. Even if it's just a few chapters, uh, Baruch does show up. He has a very important role. So the fact uh, that we have something very personally connected with him is just very, very cool.
0: So this is the guy who writes for Jeremiah. Yeah, so, he's a scribe. Yeah, so he, he writes for him, but he sees all the
2: stuff
0: Jeremiah goes through. He sees. This.
2: And he would have been subject to that as well. I mean, he would have been, uh, he, he had chosen to be the partner of Jeremiah. He could have walked away, but he didn't. And he, he, he chose to stick with him and he chose to deliver these messages. So he would have been subject to a lot of the same um, judgments from others.
0: Very, very interesting. Uh, we have to keep that in mind. It's like you, Barack is sitting there. Shut up, Jeremiah, don't say anything, don't say anything. Very, very interesting. Very good, Corey. Thank you. Right?
3: All right, well, my segment today is all about an alleged Bible contradiction that seems pretty problematic on the surface. See, Jeremiah 36 records that King Jehoiakim, quote, shall have none to sit upon the throne of David. But both Second Kings and Second Chronicles record that his son Jehoiachin did reign after Jehoiakim died. So how can this problem be rectified? Let's study. Critics of the Bible claim that the scriptures contain many errors and contradictions, and therefore could not be the inspired word of God as it claims. For example, in Jeremiah 36.30, the prophet proclaims that King Jehoiakim shall have none to sit upon the throne of David. Yet both 2 Kings 24.6 and 2 Chronicles 36.9 record that his son Jehoiachin reigned in his place. Is this not a contradiction? In Jeremiah 36, God commands the prophet to write on a scroll all the offenses he has against Israel, against Judah, and against all the nations, and then to read it in the house of the Lord in the hearing of all the people. God was giving his people a chance to turn from their evil ways. However, the king Jehoiakim, had little regard for the Lord, and so he sliced up the scroll And cast it into the fire. Because of this, God punishes Jehoiakim by removing his family line from the throne of David. Although 2 Kings 24 and 2 Chronicles 36 at first appear to contradict God's sentence against the king since these passages reveal that his son Jehoiachin did in fact reign upon his father's death, further reading reveals that Jehoiachin only actually reigned for three months. And most likely since the nation was in a state of unrest, there would have been no official coronation ceremony. As Old Testament scholar Gleason Archer observed, the point of this sentence of doom on Jehoiakim was that he would have no dynasty to succeed him. And this is exactly what happened. Indeed, after only three short months, Jerusalem fell to King Nebuchadnezzar, and Jehoiachin was dragged off to captivity in Babylon, from which he never returned no son or descendant of his was ever permitted to reign as king thereafter on the throne of David. From this it is clear to see that there is absolutely no contradiction here. So as you can see, with a little bit of research and study, this supposed contradiction is solved. Jehoiachin did replace his father, but only for three short months. And because of the unrest of the nation, he probably didn't even have an official coronation ceremony. Furthermore, after the three months, he was carried off to Babylon, never to return. Just like God said, Jehoiakim's dynasty was removed from the throne of David.
0: You know, it's amazing when God says something that it happens, and I I would remind people in Isaiah chapter 24, God talks about the earth being judged Mm -hmm. and the earth being shaken and the ground twisting and all of that, and you know, God says, when God says things for the future, I mean, it's going to happen.
3: Absolutely. And we, we can see that because the things that he has already said, th- there's been many things that have come to pass that he said would. right? Yeah. And we can prophecy verify fulfilled. those from history yeah. and all sorts of things. right? So we expect everything that God says that's going to be fulfilled will happen.
0: A lot of people think prophecy and they think, well, that's a religious term. You know, religion is different than real and all that. But I think that's a mistake because... Prophecy talks about the future and is very specific. If you ever wondered about prophecy, read Matthew 24. Jesus Christ himself speaks about this and we'll get to that later on. But it's important to remember that the Lord reminds us that when the future is talked about, that he is telling us the truth about what is going to happen. It is going to happen. Things are going to change. And this is going to take place. That's very interesting, Ryan. Thank you. Very good. Mm. Janice?
1: Well, today it's an interesting chapter, isn't it? We're talking about the Rechabites. Some might say Rechabites. Um, This was a group of people that the Lord used through Jeremiah to give an object lesson, really. And it's very interesting because these Rechabite people were the sons of Jonadab, who was the son of Rechab, who had set in his ways that all of his children should never drink wine, including their wives, their children, for generations to come. Also that they should never build houses, have fields or vineyards, but to be nomadic people, to live in tents, to always be moving. And that tribe of people, the Rechabites, followed the traditions of their father and didn't drink wine. So God used them, as I said, through Jeremiah as an example to his people because he had Jeremiah go into the Rechabites, bring them into the house of the Lord, and the first thing that he told Jeremiah to do was to offer them wine. Now they are behind closed doors, they're in the house of the Lord, and yet they still choose to honor and obey the tradition of their father Rechab to not drink wine. And then they, and they explained themselves. God used this as an example to his people saying, "The Rephaites follow the traditions of their father and yet I'm your God and you don't obey me." And I, I, I got to thinking today how very much that lesson applies to us yet today, even today, very especially today, as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, we can say that we believe in Christ, and we can even call ourselves a Christian. But if we truly have given our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we say we are followers of Christ, then it's very important that we obey his word for our lives. It's not just about saying, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus and then living the way we want to live. It's a difficult choice. You know, God talks about there being a narrow road and a wide road. This road of following the Lord Jesus Christ is a narrow road. It's a difficult one because oftentimes it goes against what we think we should be able to do or what our rights are. But as I said before, when we have given our lives to Jesus Christ who gave his life for us, when we make that commitment, it is so very important then with God's help, with the help of God's Holy Spirit that indwells us when we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and we turn our life over to him, it's through that help that we can then begin to follow him and to obey the things that he has told us in his word to do. And some of those things are harder than others. And so God is not saying here that the Rechabites were right in the standpoint of following the traditions of their father if those traditions were to go against the word of God. What his point was, was if this group of people can obey what their father said from generations ago, Why can you not follow what I have told you to do as your God, as your Heavenly Father? So, if you're struggling today with making the wrong choices, then I would just simply suggest to you again, that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, ask God for His help, ask for His help. He says in Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6, to lean not on our own understanding but to acknowledge God in all of our ways, and He will direct our paths, and He does that for us. He cares that deeply about the things and the choices that we make in life because we are witnesses. People are watching. You know, When things go on in the world, when things happen, and we can respond in a different way, we can be leaders, we can be encouragers, we can be happy in times of trouble. Because we're so strong? No because of the work of God's Holy Spirit within us. He is our joy because of the strength that He brings. So as people are watching us from the outside, that becomes our witness. We become a light in a dark place. This is what our lives as following Jesus need to be. So just keep that as a reminder in your heart today.
0: Now it's important to remember that it's not an act, it's not acting like we don't act like a Christian because But it's God's life living in us, us. allowing the Holy Spirit to live in us. That Mm -hmm. becomes very
1: important. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not easy to do. We can't do it on our own strength.
0: No, no, we can't because God changes us. We are changed people and we, we allow the Holy Spirit to change us. That becomes very important. Today we need to pray, and as we do so, we have followed up the prayers that we've already listed on the screen. But let's pray together, you and I. Father, I pray today that you would help us to know who you are. And if people are listening, don't know you, come into our lives, forgive us of our sin. We know you died on the cross and rose again. And we need you in our life. Give us a new life, give us your Holy Spirit, and help us to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen.